Yeah. D- yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the opening to the episode. It's just you go. Uh, yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> Welcome to the fourth episode of Partial Recall, or the first episode that anyone should actually listen to. Uh, I am Daniel, one of the hosts, and I'm here with Yishai, the other of the hosts. Daniel, uh, how many episodes do you think we're going to go until that <laughs> you stop doing that bit? Until we get a good one. <laughs> so forever. Um, yeah, so welcome back. Fourth episode, Partial Recall. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Partial Recall is a uh, show about movies that we've seen as kids that we only sort of remember. Uh, so we talk about them and try to recreate them from our memories. And then we go and watch the movie afterwards. And then we come back and we talk about what we got right and what we got wrong and uh, if it held up and if it was any good. So last week, um, smart listeners won't know this, we recorded an episode on Hook uh, that Yishai nominated. We both loved yeah. dearly. Loved it. Um, Didn't ruin our childhood at all. Nope. It was a great experience watching it for 7 million hours. <laughs> um, and we we started to establish a pattern through these four episodes that you hopefully don't listen to, um, where the movies are related. So in the first episode, we covered um, uh, Honey, I Shrink the Kids, and then we covered Jumanji with the same director, Joe Johnston. And then after Jumanji, we covered Hook, which also featured Robin Williams. And now we are covering Super Mario Brothers, which also stars Bob Hoskins. Yes. Super Uh, Mario Brothers, 1993. AKA Smee and Mario. (laughs) Smee and... Yeah. Um, Yeah, we are not talking about the forthcoming Chris Pratt movie. Uh... Where he just sounds so Italian. So, so Italian. Uh, I sent you that uh, TikTok. Yeah, where, it, where like, goes, it was the voice. Yeah. <laughs> where he goes, it's a me, Mario. That's not the voice. And then it's exactly <laughs> is the voice. Um, no, this is the original uh, 1993 movie, uh, Super Mario Brothers, um, starring Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo, Dennis Hopper? Yeah, let me tell you why I nominated this movie. Please. I nominated this movie for a few reasons. The first is, when this movie was announced in 1993, this was, or I guess it was announced before 1993, that was probably the most excited I had ever been for a movie. Right. Uh, I loved Mario. My family got a Nintendo Entertainment System the year I was born. Uh, And I have just always played video games. I love video games. Um, And so I was super amped for this movie. I think even at the time, I understood pretty quickly that people didn't like it. Uh, And I think probably even I didn't like it. Here's the second reason I nominated this movie. I am 95% sure I'm going to love this movie. Interesting. On rewatch. I have not seen this movie since 
the one time I saw it as a kid. And I am fairly confident I'm going to love it, which we'll get to when we get to predictions. Yeah. But I, I think that this movie is one that like is going to fit into my wheelhouse of like disaster movies that I think are secretly masterpieces. Okay. Of which there are a surprising number. <laughs> um, that's interesting. But just to backtrack. So you were, uh, you were a Nintendo household, right? Like that yeah. was your, right. I was a, a Sega household. So when you had a Super Nintendo, I had a Sega Genesis. And then because Sega does what Nintendo don't. Is that what yeah. you're telling me? Good one. Yeah. Um, and then did you have, you got an N64? I did. I also had a Genesis. Okay. I, in addition to being a Nintendo household, I was a huge nerd. <laughs> sure. Um, that we know. Um, pretty clear. Is I was a huge nerd and I still am. If there's any reason to listen to the previous episodes, it's just to verify that. Um, yeah. So Sega did not. Oh, they did. Or they made a Dreamcast. I didn't get a Dreamcast. I switched from Sega to, to PlayStation. But but Nintendo people had the uh, ability to stick with Nintendo all the way through, right? Because it was like N64. You know the next one? The Cube? GameCube. GameCube. I knew and it was And then something. the Wii. And then the Wii U. And then the Switch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had, a, I had everything. So I had a Nintendo, a Genesis, a Super Nintendo... And then a Nintendo 64 and a PlayStation. I did not have a Sega Saturn. I did have a Dreamcast and a PlayStation 2 and an Xbox 360 and a... You had it all. And an Xbox and a PlayStation And you had... Um, and, yeah. You also had subscriptions to all of the uh, the video game magazines. Correct. I have been a reader of... Or I not anymore, but I started subscribing to GamePro and Nintendo Power in the early 90s. Uh and I have most of those issues in my parents' house still, like just yeah. in a box in the attic. It's just like a bunch of old video game magazines. One day, they're going to be valuable. Yeah. The original NFTs. Yeah. Then who will be the nerd? Yeah, exactly. I'll be rolling in money. Yeah. Um, okay, fine. So Super Mario Brothers came out in 1993. Uh, it was released May 28th, 1993. So it was a uh, Memorial Day weekend release. So we were seven years old. We were seven years old. Uh, 93. Right. So it was before we turned eight. Um, <laughs> the budget was somewhere between 42 and $48 million. <laughs> the box office was 38.9. So a bomb. A major bomb. Uh, the previous movies we've done, all huge successes. Uh, factoring in for inflation, they're probably the top three movies of all time. Um here we have our first bona fide bomb. Yeah, this movie was such a bomb that it actually somehow is deflating over time. <laughs> it's making less money when you when you exactly. look at it. Its money is worth less than it was at the time. This movie is its own recession. Um, yeah, it was directed by two people that I've never heard of: Rocky Morton and Annabelle Jenkel. Those don't sound like real people. Uh, probably because they never got to make another movie again. Um, that person's name can't be Annabelle Jankel. Is that what you said? Yeah, like ankle, but with a J in front. Uh, should I should I see what other movies she's made? I'm looking at Annabelle Jankel. Oh no, she's part of a, oh, uh, she's the. <laughs> she made a movie called Skellig, the Owl Man. 
she co-created Max Headroom, which I think mm. was uh, influential on this movie. I think that was kind of the point. Like they were trying to kind of go for that weird. Got it. Same with Rocky Morton. Okay. So I think that was kind of the idea that they would like make this like, because I think, I don't know Max Headroom super well, but I think it's like kind of like living in like a weird like AI digital world. And I think like they were like, okay, like we have cool technology now. Like Super Mario Brothers is a video game. Let's make it like in this like digital world. Yes. As opposed Uh, to being like really colorful and fun like the game was, they're like, let's be like in like the circuitry of the game or whatever. Um, So I think that was the intention. So the movie stars uh, Bob Hoskins as Mario Mario, uh, John Leguizamo as Luigi Mario, Dennis Hopper as King Koopa, Samantha Mathis as Princess Daisy, Fisher Stevens, uh, famously of early edition and more famously of playing an Indian guy when he was white. Um, uh, Richard Edson as Spike, Fiona Shaw as Lena, Mojo Nixon as Toad. All right, I don't know what it is here. Dan Castanella is the narrator. Spoiler alert. I didn't remember that there was a narrator. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so that's the setup for this movie. Um, what do you remember I, about it? I remember very little. I remember two things. I remember it reminding me of Ninja Turtles and that it was like dark and gritty as opposed to like colorful and, and like, you, you know, you played the Ninja Turtle video games and you played, well, even those movies, I guess like had like, more like grit to them because they were happening in the sewers but like the characters are more colorful right but the whole movie of ninja turtles is very dark i remember this also being very dark like that Mm -hmm. these are like precursors to like the dc film universe um uh like this super mario brothers to me really is like in my head like an earth like if dc was nintendo you're saying like Zack snyder saw this movie he was like this for everything or if Zack Snyder was tasked with like making Nintendo movies, he would have made this version of Super Mario Brothers, right? Like that's kind of like in my head, that's what it's like. Um, I remember that Dennis Hopper's King Koopa is very like Trumpian. <laughs> There's like that's like a thing about the movie uh, that I remember, and then like that's it. I don't remember it. Like they're pl- I think they're plumbers in real life, and they end up in some weird world. That's I don't know anything else. So okay, so so that's. Similar to the level that I remember, there's a few things I want to say before I get into my recollections, which is that Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo are perfect casting. Like, if you are making a live action Mario Brothers movie, you couldn't do better than those two. My only only knock against the John Leguizamo casting is that I picture Luigi as very tall. um, And so I would have maybe gone for a taller actor. I think what you what I would do is is get a really short actor for Mario. Right. Okay, so it's like Danny DeVito and John yeah. Leguizamo. That's yeah. like maybe could be more perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, but the casting is unbelievable. Um, here's what I remember: they are real life plumbers. I believe they live in Brooklyn. They go through some portal. I don't remember where. Maybe the portal is in a pipe. Maybe they get sucked into a toilet or something that brings them into like dystopia future New York. Okay, where. Dennis Hopper as King Koopa, as Donald Trump, is like the supreme leader of the world or whatever, right? And so they were like, oh, Bowser is like a monster reptile thing. We'll recreate that by having his hair slicked back. Like he'll kind of look like that. But then his plan 
is to like turn all humans into these like dinosaur humans that are Koopas. And so they look kind of like Jupiter ascending creatures. Um, one of the movies that is kind of a disaster that I really, really like. Yeah. Uh, where they have the, they wear these like red, like trench coat. They're like these like blood red trench coats and they have dinosaur heads. And he's like trying to turn everybody into one of those. And so on the one hand, they turned Bowser into a person, but then they were like, but also there are dinosaurs in this movie. Right. Uh, which is an interesting choice, if I remember correctly. And like, is Yoshi like a, like a realistic dinosaur? Like he, he's like a, like a reptile, right? Like he's I'm not, not like, sure if Yoshi, is Yoshi in the movie? I think I saw in the cast that he was. Okay. Uh, so maybe, maybe. And then, and then the only scene I remember in the movie is they are in an elevator and they are hiding behind a bunch of those dinosaur people and there's music there's like elevator music playing and the way they distract the way they get past them is they get all the koopas to start dancing by like slowly swaying their bodies to the music this is the only sequence of the movie i remember that is honestly more than i remember i don't remember anything the only thing i remember i think this filtered in through like pop culture is that the reason that like he's a trumpian character besides for like the blonde hair and it's like it's like it's new york in the 90s and he lives in a giant tower oh yeah so let's look at the poster because there's yeah. two posters for this movie and i think one of them is really interesting you know the movie thank you for calling or like they're trying to secretly turn people into horses so they can like work in in factory oh, sorry to bother you oh thank you for what is thank you for calling man is there going to be like a part in every episode where i I'm wrong about my references. Thank uh, you for calling is the Sean Green movie. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, anyway, wow. Uh, poster. I yeah. What? Which one are you looking at? Because I only so see one. I'm looking at the blue one, and it says "This ain't no game." On top. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what's interesting to me about this poster is that there's you know there's a giant M for Mario, and then it says Super Mario Brothers, and it's like in this like metallic blue, silver, whatever. This ain't no game, which is a fantastic tagline. Uh, and then it's Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo as like ripped Mario and Luigi Mario. Yeah. yeah? Um, what's interesting to me about this poster is they're wearing awesome shoes. They look awesome. Like this is a great design, but they are not red and green. No. And that's like a very bold marketing choice for a movie that the most iconic thing about these two characters is that they are red and green. So are they in the movie and the poster is just not showing it? So there is a second poster. Yeah. Which might be a fan poster. That's a little bit more of the like the two of them and you see the dinosaur guys in their trench coats and you see Dennis Hopper and uh, they are wearing red and green and those crazy boots. Yeah. Oh, I see. Now I like this poster you sent me because – it is way more evocative of things that happened in the movie that I wouldn't have noticed otherwise. So yeah, there's human sized people with tiny dinosaur heads and trench coats. Correct. And I believe Dennis Hopper's plan is to turn all people into Koopas. Does he have a snake tongue, Dennis Hopper? Oh, I think he does. That would be cool. Um, and then, yeah, like, look, it's like, Again, this maybe this exists in the same universe as, as Jumanji because like it's all like tattoo shops and like uh, 
really like kind of dystopian looking uh realities um yeah this movie looks dark okay I'll tell you, so this movie's gonna be rad okay let's let's read the box yeah the front of the box says it's a blast the washington post so good job yeah um same image as the poster blue great okay the back of the box says i special effects that's a another trend yeah and what were you gonna say i was just saying on the front of the box you don't see on the bottom where it says this ain't no game it's, it's a, a live action, action trailer. Trailer. yeah yeah that's good stuff too. Okay, so the back of the box calls out the eye popping special effects from sixty second preview, uh, which now makes us, I think, four for four for backs of boxes that call out special effects. Yes. Um, okay, buckle up and hang on tight. The discovery of a parallel universe launches you into the adventure of a lifetime. Mario and Luigi, two wacky plumbers, undertake a daring quest to save a princess in Dino Hatton. A hidden world where the inhabitants evolved from dinosaurs. Oh, so I was wrong. Um, Mario, Bob Hoskins, and Luigi, John Leguizamo, face deadly challenges from a diabolical lizard king, Dennis Hopper. Why is he not a lizard, though? Anyway, and must battle giant reptilian Goombas. Ah, so they're Goombas, not Koopas. Outwit misfit thugs and undermine a sinister scheme to take over the world. Blast off for nonstop excitement with Super Mario Brothers, the live action thrill ride that dazzled moviegoers everywhere. <laughs> so it did one factual. It dazzled some people. I I really would like to understand. We've never done this, so I don't know if it's worth doing uh in the first half of an episode, but like what why was this the direction they went in? So I think at the time that's kind of what you did, right? So there are a few things that were different then. Like first, when you were adapting IP into live action, you did it in live action. There wasn't like, oh, we're going to do an animated movie, right? Yeah. And if you think about like Ninja Turtles, Ninja Turtles was a success. They made three of those things. We will definitely cover them. Yeah. I think it would kind of be funny to cover them in reverse order. Uh, but we're definitely going to cover those movies at some point, right? Uh those were successful. And so you go live action. And then the other thing that's true is they didn't actually adapt material most of the time, right? Like when they, they weren't like, well, we have to be true to the comic book or we have to be true to the source material. They were like, what are we taking from Mario? Like they're plumbers and there's this guy Bowser and there's some dinosaurs. Right. That's it. But it's so beloved, right? I mean, like, to, to your point, like you, a huge nerd, um, loved Mario, and uh, you wanted to see what you loved about it represented on screen, and that would seem to be the most profitable path, right? Like, so, I think the idea at the time was probably like, even if you got all of the people who have played Mario into the theater to see this movie, you wouldn't make a ton of money. You need to get more people. And the reason you're adapting it is you're like, well, obviously this Mario thing is hitting on something that works for people. So let's see how we can make it into its own thing that works for a broader set of people. Because the other thing that's that's sort of crucial is there's not a lot of story to Mario. Like, sure. I mean, they made you are a guy who goes through pipes and fights a dinosaur to save his girlfriend. Like, what movie are you going to make from that that's not weird? That's true. I mean, like, right. They've adapted, like, Battlefield into, like, an alien attack movie. Um, but I also think, somewhat crucially, uh, this obviously predates, like, 
all of the superhero video game adaptation stuff where people want that like the 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 properties are so strong and there's such a a fan culture around it that you can do it like faithfully to the story because like that's whereas like here it was like Mario is popular but no one's into like watching video game movies so how do we make it like more of of this moment and i just think like i don't know weird weird i i wonder if super mario brothers uh, sorry if uh ninja turtles was like part of it they're like okay this is a kid's property and those movies were dark and sewery and and kind of creepy in that way and like maybe this is the way to do mario as well well, I definitely think Ninja Turtles is a big influence on it. Because, um, like, at this point, we've already had two of the Ninja Turtles movies. Ninja sure. Turtles and Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze, right? And those movies are very successful. Um, I think. Okay. I actually, I actually just read, like, two lines out of the plot on Wikipedia. <laughs> I'm very excited to watch this movie. It's so weird. Yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. This movie seems rad to me. Um, the other thing is like, and I pulled up a list here of of video game movies. This is the first one. Period. Is it? Interesting. So this guess- is the first movie adopted from a video game. So it does, it does make sense that you would look to another successful formula, but also the failure of this movie, I think, really terrifies studios from making video game movies. Well, Ninja Turtles was not a video game movie. Was it a show before it was a, a game? Yes. Ninja Turtles was, I think, both a comic book and a show before it was a movie, and then it was a game. I think that the – I'm not 100% on this, but I think the movie predates the game for Ninja Turtles. I have uh, very clear memories of going to my friend's house and playing the Ninja Turtles games. Those games ruled. Because you you could have two remotes and you'd choose two characters and uh, two controllers, not remotes. Um, and you know it was like a scrolling, walking, fighting game. Uh, so the the original Ninja Turtles arcade game came out before the first movie. Hmm. So it was a game uh, adaptation, but it was still not a video game adaptation. It's a comic book adaptation. Oh, all right. Uh, because they're all adapted from a comic book. Uh, uh, I just found, um, to your point about Danny DeVito playing uh, Mario, I found uh, the twins poster, you know, Danny DeVito, Arnold Schwarzenegger, where he's like half a size and leaning on him, uh, remade into Mario and Luigi, and it's called Twinsies. That would be great. Uh, okay, so what were the two lines that you read of the plot? See if it okay. brings anything back. It just says... 20 years later, two Italian-American plumbers, brothers, Mario and Luigi, live in Brooklyn, New York, close to being driven out of business by the mafia-operated Scapelli Construction Company led by Anthony Scapelli. Luigi falls for NYU student Daisy, who is digging under the Brooklyn Bridge for dinosaur bones. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I'm so excited for this movie. <laughs> I don't remember any of that. Oh. Um, okay. Should we watch the trailer? Yeah.
Incredible trailer. That movie looks psychotic. Yeah. Okay, so their boots, rocket boots. I do vaguely remember that they have like jetpack boots. Uh, and uh, I, I think I saw a shot in that trailer where someone's head is being turned from a human head into a dinosaur head. Yeah. That movie is like Cronenberg or like David Lynch. Like That movie is like body horror. Yeah. Uh, and also, it, it looks kind of like Demolition Man. Yeah. Like in the in like the future design. Oh, I'm so excited for this movie. I am so excited for this movie. Oh, wow. Who are you going to watch with? I don't know what to make this movie. I'm not showing my kids this movie. This movie is insane. Um, I am 100% making my wife watch this movie with me because I, I would like to have a second person witness like a transcendent event for me. Like I... <laughs> I am going to experience spiritual transcendence. I am going to uh, reach the astral plane while watching this movie, and I want a witness. <laughs> She's gonna grab your leg as you're as you're rapturing up to the heaven, just to make sure you don't actually leave too soon. It's gonna be like Mad Max. I'm gonna be watching this movie, and I'm gonna go witness me blood bag and then... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. spray your face. Yeah. Um, that I, oh man, I I, I will. Uh, Pose, I will show my wife the trailer and give her the option of watching this movie with me. It looks so crazy. What What is this rated? Is this a kid's movie? PG. I just, I checked. That's a PG movie? Yep. I thought uh, Hook would be too scary for my kids. I mean, this movie looks disturbing. In the best way. I keep nodding on the podcast. I'm realizing that. Like, you say something that's interesting and I'm like, yep. That's big you know, nods. But- Good, good podcasting. Uh, okay, fine. We'd have to add so, like the Foley sound of like a head moving. Like, yeah. I could put uh... a <laughs> rubbing my head against the microphone. See if that works. I can't get over that trailer. This movie so, seems insane. All right, so you seem super excited for it. I'm super um, pumped. I think I'm going to give it a nine because I have said that every time. Uh. I'm going to say nine. Can I be honest? I'm going to give it a five. Yeah, that seems it seems reasonable. I'm so pumped. I'm going to give it a five, and I hope I'm surprised. It 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 has uh, cult classic potential, but it more so just seems like it has disaster written all over it. Um, but like an interesting disaster, right? Like not boring. So like it's a nine. I I would I'd be very curious to, to watch this movie. I'm looking forward to it. Uh and while I was watching the trailer, I got an idea for our next one too. So I'm excited about that. Um is your pick. Is it gonna be regarding Henry, the other John Leguizamo movie? No, so I was trying to think of John Leguizamo movie. Um but, Sam. Uh I, I can cut this out if it's gonna be too soon, but no, we're gonna do Yeah. Okay, but do cut it out. It's, yeah. it's got to be at the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can leave in my regarding Henry joke. Yeah. Uh, all right, so you're going to give it a nine. I'm going to give it a five. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm very actually excited to watch this movie um, in a very you different way. you looked up how you're going to be able to watch it? 
Not yet. Um, I'm curious if I'm making you spend money on watching this movie. <laughs> but you know what? I'm excited. Free. I'm excited about watching it because I'm gonna. I'm fascinated to watch this. Like the other ones, I was really excited to try to like revisit. My, we didn't even talk about like the circumstances with who watched this. Like you said, you were really psyched to see it because you were a, a big nerd who loved Nintendo, mm-hmm. and you you insisted on seeing it right away. So your parents took you to the theaters to see it. Probably, yeah, yeah. I mean, if I watched this, uh, it would have just been like in a friend's basement somewhere. There was no event for this movie. Um, Is this the basement that's diagonally across from your house? No, but like at no. an angle. No, no, this would be uh, another call a different, part, a different part of the neighborhood uh, at my friend's house where we watched a lot of movies. And I feel like he would have actually really liked this movie. So maybe uh, I'm also going to ask him about it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'll find a way to watch it. Uh, so Super Mario Brothers 1993 uh, Lizard Dystopia Body Horror. Um, we will go watch it and we will uh, be back shortly uh to discuss if daniel hasn't fully left uh our earthly plane um to go live with the dinosaurs in uh dino hatton was that what it was dino called hatton It has not been a week since uh, we last uh, published an episode. Uh, that's our bad. The delay was, was not caused by me ascending to the astral plane upon watching this movie. <laughs> Sadly, Shocking. I'm still here. Uh, <laughs> your wife must have been holding on really tight. Believe it or not, she refused to watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a good call in, in retrospect, but we'll get into that. But anyway... Uh, the reason for the delay, uh, it was Thanksgiving, uh, and uh, we were both busy with family stuff. But also, uh, at the end of the last episode, you joke. You're like, how are you going to watch this? Because I really hope you have to pay to watch it, because uh, that would be funny to me. And I would have paid. I would have willingly. I would have got it on iTunes or Prime Video, wherever I would have had to pay for it. Uh, but I've discovered, I'm assuming Nintendo uh, decided to erase all uh, vestiges of this movie in the United States. Uh, impossible to find. It is not streaming anywhere. It is not available for purchase to stream anywhere. Um, I could have bought a DVD of it from Amazon, but that would have taken time. And I don't have a DVD player. So uh, I was a bit stuck. You came to my aid uh, and I was able to access it in different ways uh that we won't specify yeah for whatever reason i have this movie in a folder in google drive (laughs) yeah Yeah. you know the the best streaming platform um and uh, you you could watch it on prime video uh in the uk Uh, i guess they're less sensitive about maybe like bob hoskins is like a hero in the uk and they have to like uh make sure all of his movies are available at all times. But in America, it was not available. It's a public service. Yeah. Um, So anyway, it took a while. I watched it. Thank you, Dan, for the assist. Uh, And now we can talk about the uh, legendary uh, Super Mario Brothers movie now that we've both watched it. So I'll start. I'm going to recap the plot of the movie. I'm going to try to do this as fast as possible. 
The movie opened 65 million years ago <laughs> with a cartoon of a couple of dinosaurs. Um, with talking with heavy fake New York accents. Yeah. Uh, the dinosaurs are then destroyed by a meteorite. Um, and we are told, I believe through narration, that uh, this meteorite destroyed, killed all the dinosaurs, but pushed some dinosaurs into like a parallel dimension or like a pocket dimension. Sure. And um, then those dinosaurs evolved like in line with our evolution from monkeys, this movie insists now, i'm not denying evolution <laughs> just i'm just saying whether or not you believe in evolution this movie posits that humans evolved from monkeys and in this pocket dimension dinosaurs evolved into human looking things that somehow were still based on dinosaurs um okay and then the movie has a second cold open so it goes 65 million years ago brooklyn and it shows so far it's a good bit and then it goes 20 years ago, Brooklyn, and we see a baby dropped off at a church. The baby is in this, like, um, actually kind of Baby Yoda-esque container. Right. Um, with a with a very distinctive stone on the outside. Um, and when, they, when the nuns open the container, they actually don't see a baby. They see an egg. The egg hatches, and inside is a human-looking baby. And again, these nuns are not from Dino Hatton. And yet, well, we don't even know about Dino Hatton. These are human right. nuns. They're not from this pocket dimension, and yet they are completely unfazed. Uh, they look a little face. A little face. I mean, nuns are supposed to take in orphans, right? That's like their thing. Yeah. Uh, and then this orphan happens to hatch out of an egg, and they're like, let's just go with it. Yeah, and lizard so, orphan. It's sure. fine. Okay. Totally. So then, um, then it, it jumps forward to today, where we meet Mario and Luigi. Um, or by Mario, the Mario. Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. Sidebar, they say Mario in this movie. Yeah. Um, I used to get made fun of for saying Mario instead of Mario. Everyone's like, it's Mario. And I'm like, mm, it's a me, Mario, sure. But also, this movie says Mario. Do you think that's like a Brooklyn accent thing? Like, Mario, like, you think is that what the intention is? Do you think they just like botched? I mean, again, nothing about this movie is equal in any way to the, to the so original. Here's my, here's my defense I will say to them. It's a me, Mario, not in the original games because there's no dialogue in the original games. Right. As far as I know, in the games, that's not said until Super Mario 64, which is after this movie. So okay. they maybe don't have game reference to go on. Also, they probably didn't do any research. Right. Anyway, yeah. Mario. Um, that's fine. Uh, I'm not offended by that because I used to say Mario too. Okay, so then we meet the brothers Mario. They are uh, plumbers who are poor and are, and this will come up, I believe, in your criticism. They are tangentially in a rivalry with this guy, Scapelli. Uh, Mario has a girlfriend. Luigi is awkward and stupid. Um, <laughs> and we meet, the, they, they get a call to go to a plumbing job. And I understand that I'm doing this movie beat for beat. And once we get to the crazy parts, I can just go really fast. Anyway, they're competing with the Capelli brothers who always beat them to those plumbing jobs. Yeah. We also learn about a archaeological dig happening under the Brooklyn Bridge where they have found dinosaur bones. Who has found them? Uh, a college students. Yes. Are, are, doing, are leading an archaeological dig. And the college student in question, the first one that we meet who seems to be leading the dig is a young lady. 
uh, wearing a distinctive rock necklace. We've seen this rock before, right? Yes, we know that we have seen this rock before. It was on the baby's baby Yoda carrier. Uh, she is wearing suspiciously short shorts for a girl who grew up in a church. Ooh. That aside, rebel. That's another thread this movie doesn't finish. Right. Um, anyway, so she meets Luigi at a payphone because she is also being threatened by the Scapellis who want to do something. I mean, I don't remember what they're building there. <laughs> no, they're I something. And they're, they're very upset about this archaeological dig that they're doing. And so they're trying to intimidate her. And she makes a phone call and Luigi Mario gives up his payphone and I think gives her a quarter even for the payphone. Yeah. And, and to be clear, the Scapelli brothers are the mafia. And she thinks she will defeat them by calling her professor and being like, professor, can you stop the mafia from ruining our dig? That's all a thing that happens. I just want to point this out for the listener. The movie doesn't call them the mafia. They are an Italian family that is acting very um, aggressively. It's Yishai who's drawing that conclusion. <laughs> if anyone on this podcast gets canceled, I am not saying mafia. <laughs> the Scapellis are an ongoing concern and you're covering your bases. Yeah, look, there's good people on both sides. <laughs> okay, excellent people. So then Luigi wants to ask this girl out on a date because she's very beautiful and he's super awkward and dumb. And so Mario, creepily standing over his shoulder, asks Daisy on a date with Mar with Luigi. Anyway, they go on this double date. It's going well. They're walking home. Daisy gets kidnapped. After Luigi drops her off. you saw, I can't believe I'm going to extend this, but you skipped a beat of the opening in which two dinosaur creatures from the other dimension who look human are following Daisy because they have been sent to retrieve her and the stone. And she Correct. is running away from them. That's how she meets Luigi. She gets a ride with Mario and Luigi because she's scared of these guys following her. They take her back to the site. They go on the date. Then Luigi is walking her home from the date and these guys show up. Oh, she, she takes Luigi to see the dinosaur bones. She's like, want to see dinosaur bones? He's like, I would love to see the dinosaur bones. And then at the site. That's actually not an offensive impression. That's pretty spot on. <laughs> Thank you. At the site, uh, these guys reappear because they're trying to kidnap her and bring her to their dimension. Now you can continue. Correct. And they were sent by Dennis Hopper as Bowser. Um, King Koopa. Correct. Uh, Bowser. Uh, <laughs> sure. Um, and uh, he's also kind of the mayor. Anyway, so they bring Daisy back to Dino Hatton. The Mario Brothers, Heart of Gold, even though they're very poor, follow through to this other dimension where they learn his plan is to um, get the rock and put the, the rock back into the meteorite that killed the dinosaurs, which will merge the two dimensions, and then he can rule over both dimensions. Right. So anyway, they get to Dino Hatton, and then it's kind of like a Demolition Man version of New York City. Yeah. Um, like Demolition Man takes place maybe somewhere else. I think it reminded me of um, the first half of Back to the Future 2. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's similar. He's a very Trumpy guy. He lives in one of the two World Trade Center towers. And it's like very dystopian. Yeah. There's like scoundrels on the street and it's dangerous and grimy and dirty. Looks great. Yeah. Like Dino Hatton looks awesome. There's a New York Times article from when the movie was in production where they visited the set 
and the New York Times article is just like gushing about how amazing the set design is and how this movie is going to be incredible because it's going to look amazing and all the production design. Spoiler uh, alert. We'll come back to that article in a little bit. Because <laughs> uh, there's an article that came out a couple of days later in the LA Times that has a fairly different account of their visit yeah. to the set. But yeah. the New York Times was like, this set's unbelievable. It's going to blow you away. And fair play. The set is actually kind of unbelievable. Dino Hatton looks awesome. Uh and okay, so the Mario brothers are there. They're trying to get Daisy, and they have the rock because Daisy, as they're as Daisy's being pulled in, she gives Luigi the stone. I don't know. Again, I don't know why I'm saying this. He's being pulled through. He tries to grab her, and then he grabs the stone, and it rips off of her. I thought she gave it to him, but either way, yeah, um, it doesn't really matter. What's important about the reason I'm saying this is the Mario brothers want Daisy. Bowser has Daisy. King Koopa has Daisy through his minions. King Koopa wants the stone, which the Mario brothers have. So they're sort of on a path to, they're on a collision course. Yeah. Uh, the Mario brothers are trying to get there. Along the way, they have some hijinks. They meet a woman named Big Bertha. They drop the stone into her boobs. Uh, they go to jail. They go to jail for a bit. Um, we also meet a character named Toad, who yeah. just extremely handsome. I'm not going to compare it to any of our listeners, but there's one of our listeners who I, you know, whatever, extremely handsome. Hopefully you don't know who I'm talking about, listener. Um, and he gets turned into a Goomba. We see this de-evolution machine, and we learn that that is a big part of King Koopa's plan. He's going to use the de-evolution machine to de-evolve humans. He has also used his de-evolution machine to turn the previous king of this kingdom into a bunch of mushrooms. Yep. And that guy is Daisy's dad. Yes. Um, can I just then say hijinks ensue? Have a, oh, King Koopa has an assistant played by Fiona Shaw who thinks that King Koopa wants to have a relationship. He's, she is his assistant or like his wife? I thought she was his wife, but I have no idea. She's his like wife assistant, and she thinks that King Koopa is like attracted to Daisy, and so she behaves very jealously, and she steals the rock and sticks it into the meteorite, and she is like electrified, which is a very common thing in the kids' movies of yep. our era. Like her hair shoots out. You basically—I don't remember exactly if you see her skeleton inside of her body, but. I think you do. She gets uh, shot into the wall as a skeleton. Oh, right. She be, yes, you certainly see her skeleton at the end of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's a, a thing that happens. The other thing that happens is the the two goons, Iggy and Spike, who steal a daisy, are pretty stupid. They are put into the de-evolution machine, but it is set to few more evolution, not like de-evolution, but like whatever, more evolution plus mode. Yeah. And they become super smart. And then they become like socialist anti-Koopa people. Yeah. yeah. They become uh, political dissidents who try to convince people not to vote for Koopa. I just watched this movie. Um, he's called King Koopa. He's also running for mayor. It's Or something. He's running for this office. Um, at one point, the Mario brothers are in a car. There's like a car chase and they drive through a tunnel. But then the tunnel just empties them out into a desert. A big theme of the movie is that Dino Hatton is out of resources, and that's a big part of the reason Koopa wants to unite the dimensions so that he can steal all of the resources from our dimension. Little yeah. does he know, 
we're in the same boat. Uh, <laughs> well, this is, uh, the 90s, everything was great then. And then the Mario Brothers used their plumbing skills to remove the stone from the meteorite with like a specific type of plumbing corkscrew. Yeah. Uh, clever. Uh, at one point, they wear jump boots, which is also clever, which I think we talked about in the first half of the episode. That's like a clever adaptation of the game. Yeah. Um, what else happens? And then at the very uh, end. Oh, and then at the very end, they de-evolve. They use portable de-evolution guns, which are actually just the Super Nintendo Super Scopes. Like if anybody oh, yeah. the light guns, they're the Super Nintendo Super Scopes. Yeah. Those de-evolution guns to turn Koopa into a pile of slime. And then they save the day. And then Daisy stays. Daisy stays and her dad stops being a bunch of mushrooms and becomes a person again. Yes. And Daisy needs to find out who she is as princess of Dino Hatton. But then at the very end, she comes into Mario and Luigi's house and says, you have to come back because they thought there would be a sequel. All right. There's a stinger for the sequel. So that's the movie. That's the movie. Bananas when you try to say it end to end. What did you think of this movie? Okay. I'm glad, you know, this, this might be, that might be a rough listen for the listener to have to listen to so much detail about the plot, but I think it's important because you you just heard everything that happens in that movie. It's obviously bananas, right? There's like dinosaur bones. I didn't even say everything that happens. Right. <laughs> There's like dinosaur bones under the Brooklyn Bridge. And then you get to Dino Hatton and like, he turns people into like, giant human sized people with tiny dinosaur heads. Oh, yeah. I didn't even mention Goombas. <laughs> That's his army. And then like That's the de-evolution machine turns people into Goombas. Uh and the yeah. Goombas they have little dinosaur heads and big giant body. bodies. There's like a a dance off where they have to get the <laughs> they have to get the stone back. Anyway, they dance to a song called Everybody Loves the Dinosaur. Yeah. Um propaganda. All of which is to say, it sounds insane, like completely insane. And I think like when we were talking about it in the first half and then we watched the trailer and you got so excited, it's because the movie genuinely looks insane. It was one of the most <laughs> boring movies I've ever yeah. watched. So I should have called you out on this at the end of the episode. Like after watching the trailer and what we thought we knew about the movie, the only two options for this movie should be like a disaster or a masterpiece. Like it should either be like a nine or a two. And what did I say? You were like, oh, I predict this will be a five. Like, there shouldn't be a viable path to this movie being a five. For a movie this insane, it should be way crazier. It should either be like a disaster piece, all of Jupiter ascending and Valyria in the city of a thousand planets. Or it should be a disaster like those same two movies. Like, (laughs) it shouldn't be this mediocre and also this insane. A hundred percent. That is exactly the issue with the movie. I guess a five, right. I guess a five, I was trying to like give my lowest score ever, but right. It should have been like what I, what I perceived of it. I closer to a two. I mean, I'm going to give it a, <laughs> a two now because it was so boring. It is so mediocre for such a weird concept. Like none, not at, at no point in the movie was I phased by anything that was happening. Despite the fact that like the set design and the character design and the plot were so crazy, but like none of it like phased me in any way. I was just like, yeah, all right, that's fine. Like my reaction to the tra- to the trailer is what I thought I'd be feeling like the entire movie. 
And like it never came to fruition. Here's what it feels like to me. It feels like a home run swing, but the hitter only has warning track power. Like they're going for something crazy, but then when you watch it, you're just like, yeah, that describes crazy, but the way that you put it together isn't actually that crazy. Like, no. Yeah, no, that's, I think that's a good, it's, or I guess I would, warning track power up. Again, I think he's giving it too much credit. It's like swinging really hard for a home run and making like faint contact and it like rolls to the pitcher and the pitcher like picks it up and looks at it and he's like, that was weird. But to strain this metaphor further, right? Like all of the actors in this movie, we know can hit home runs, right? And it's like the directors are having them out there swinging for contact. Right. So I think the, the, the big issue with the movie, and we you'll, we could talk about this more, is ultimately it ended up just reflecting a lot of like what worked in the early 90s. And so when you're watching it, it does feel like familiar, right? Like nothing about it seems that off the wall. Everything seems like, okay, like this is like a, an early 90s, you know, like a Ninja Turtles type of movie. And it is like semi-functional. And so when you're watching it, you're like, okay, okay, okay. And then it ends and you're like, that's it. And even though like there was so much crazy stuff that was happening. And I think the issue is that um, there was a very fraught process in writing this movie. And I think that really shows. And so what ends up happening is like they Frankenstein this movie together. So the plot is incoherent, even though it resent, but then they sanded off all of the rough edges and just made it like a functional movie. And in doing so, a bunch of threads start and never get picked up again. Like you talked about Fiona Shaw um, being jealous of Bowser. So again, uh, King Koopa, first of all, to your point, I have no idea who she is in relationship to him. I thought she was his wife. She probably was his, his executive assistant. And I, I don't think the movie makes that clear at all. But like she gets jealous of him. And then he like because she gets jealous of him because like he makes like really creepy advances towards Daisy. He's like, they, you know what they say about your what is it? What's the line? Oh yeah, the li- sorry, I wrote this line down. It's um, little girls never forget the first time they're kissed by a lizard. Yeah, which, as an expression, doesn't make any sense. Everyone in this universe is a lizard, so that would just mean little girls never forget the first time they've been kissed. Period. Right. So uh, this would only be little girls who are not lizards from another dimension. Like, where would this expression come from? Yeah. Uh, so like he makes this move on her and then like that, that thread never gets picked up again. Um, what else? Like, so, so I actually, I have a, there's a really interesting Dennis Hopper quote that I think speaks to what you're talking about. Cause he, Dennis Hopper, great actor. He gives great villain. He's actually yeah. not terrible in this movie scene to scene as he's playing it big. Like he's supposed to, I mean, he is a lizard King doing Donald Trump in a sci-fi dystopia in a super Mario movie. Like, it should be a big performance, right? And he is kind of doing that. But here's this quote. Um, so here he's talking about um, the script. Uh, he says, I suspect it will probably be rewritten. Um, the script had probably been re- that the script had probably been rewritten five or six times by the time I arrived here. I don't really bother with it anymore. I just go in and do it scene by scene. I figure it's not going to hurt my character. So the script of this movie was being constantly rewritten. Yeah. In the studio, the joke on set was that every time they got new pages, the pages would be in a different color. Uh, the joke on and the original pages were white. The joke on set was that the script was it was called the rainbow script and it had none of the original script in it. So there are no white pages left. Like right. 
this movie constantly being redone and and i think probably totally different from the movie he signed on for but it's clear at this point he had kind of checked out as had most of the actors and they're just like okay like we're gonna just go in there and like do the best we can with the words we're supposed to say when we show up yeah and so there's not necessarily a lot of consistency or a lot of like verve to it they're not defining a character yeah yeah i mean there's no and i think that's the thing is like so there were there were in, in doing research on this movie, there were eight scripts for this movie, right? That I have been able to find. So so one more quote on actually on that same thread. Uh, Hoskins says, all these rewrites get frustrating, so I don't do too much research. The trick <laughs> is, don't take the job too seriously. Turn up and do your day's work. That's all. Yeah. But again, that everything about this seems so crazy. And everything the result is like, I guess it's like almost like a an achievement in editing where like they've just like made it so bland and boring and you want it like this, the concept of this movie. So again, they, they didn't want the book, the movie to be like completely faithful. They wanted to like expand out of the core audience of the video games. They wanted to appeal to teens and like a, an older set. And so they settled upon. So I don't think that's exactly it. So can, maybe I should talk about the scripts. Yeah, a little bit. Before I do that, I want to I want to quickly double back to the thing you just said about like maybe Fiona Shaw is Koopa's wife. Maybe yeah. it's just his assistant. In the first half of this episode, we talk about Annabelle Jenkel and Rocky Morton, and do not mention that they are husband and wife. Uh, right. So similarly, we also didn't know that they're husband and wife. Um, <laughs> right. That's a good thread. Uh, something that Bob Hoskins. This is a great, just a phenomenal quote about this movie. Bob Hoskins was asked as like a retrospective on his career, what's the worst thing he's ever been involved in. Yeah, He said, the worst thing I ever did, Super Mario Brothers, it was a fucking nightmare. The whole experience was a nightmare. It had a husband and wife team directing whose arrogance had been mistaken for talent. <laughs> After so many weeks, their own agent told them to get off the set. Fucking nightmare. Fucking idiots. <laughs> so, like, he has the energy at them as he has at Toons, as Eddie Valiant in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. This guy did not like them. I mean, no. they said... I, I think it's pretty clear that they were in over their heads, but talking through the, so on the Super Mario Brothers archive, Super Mario Brothers movie archive website, they have eight scripts for this movie. And the thing that's really fascinating to me is Jenkel and Morton came on after the first script, right? The first script has basically the same story with the difference that they don't go into Dino Hatton, the alternate dimension is much more, is much closer to the games. It's like a sort of generic yellow brick road. It's Wizard of Oz, right? Okay. They actually describe it as the Wizard of Oz script, but there is still a girl who is dropped at a monastery with a with a stone. That that girl becomes a love interest for Luigi. Uh, Mario is sort of the older, 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 older brother. Uh, yeah. They go into this mysterious land. King Koopa has killed everybody but Daisy and the king. He has taken power. They have this battle. Like, it's very similar, but it has a lot more of like the classic Mario elements. Right. Morton and Jenkel are brought on, and they're clearly inspired by Batman in the Ninja Turtles. Um, and they want to do something sci fi y with it, but in that sort of darker vein. And so that's how it becomes a sci fi movie. Right. And right. It, they wanted to do it like a cyberpunk. That was like their big thing. But they but they never 
they never changed the story. And so what's so interesting to me is like, if you follow these eight scripts, which the names of the scripts are actually interesting. Like the way that the Super Mario Brothers archive um, describes them is there's a Wizard of Oz script. That's the first script. Then there's a traditional mm-hmm. sci-fi. Then there's a Ghostbusters one, which is sci-fi comedy. Then there's a Die Hard one. That's where the tower is introduced, right? Tower's still in the movie at the end. Oh, right. Then there's a Mad Max one where there's a whole desert chase sequence, right? This movie has a chase sequence that ends in a desert, right? Right. But it doesn't do anything with it. Then there's a Disney princess version, which basically everything is cut from. Then there's the rainbow version and the other rainbow version, right? But you sort of see all of these elements. The Disney princess version introduces like some of the Daisy character, right? Right. All of these elements are just coming from these different scripts, but they're sticking them onto the same spine, Spine isn't that interesting to begin with, but that's the element that they keep. And so what you end up with is like each of these movies has like an element that someone liked from one version of it and they keep that element, but they don't keep it everywhere. And so things start and don't finish. Yeah. But uh, that's the issue is like they Frankenstein all of these pieces together, but with like zero regard for like continuity or consistency. And so they're like, this would be cool. But the problem is instead of just, taking that element and like recontextualizing it into this world that they've created, which would be like a fully realized world in an ideal scenario. They actually take, it seems they take like that piece of the script. And so they introduce a part of a story that never gets picked up again. And so the movie constantly is like picking up threads and dropping them. I will just say quickly, you forgot my favorite uh, script, which I did not see on the website, but I read about. So initially, or at some point in the process, uh, they hired the guy who wrote Rain Man and he apparently rewrote the script exactly like Rain Man, where it was like a road trip comedy uh, with Mario and Luigi. And like Mario is like the Tom Cruise and uh, Luigi is like this like savant uh, who's like the Dustin Hoffman. And apparently it was so similar to Rain Man. They jokingly called the script Drain Man, which is a great joke. Um, yep. But also like, Two things. Number one, it's hilarious that like the Rain Man guy was just thought he could just like literally rewrite Rain Man for Mario. And also like that that would be like a viable version of like a Super Mario movie. Well, I, I think just, they it, went to him because they were like, Well, you have experience writing movies about brothers. Right. So like write us a brother movie. He's like, I have one idea for a brother movie. <laughs> have you guys seen Rain Man? And they're like, No, we heard it's good. He's like, Good. Good. <laughs> but here's what I was saying though about um Aiming it at teens. This is what I read. It says, 93's Super Mario Brothers was the first feature-length live-action film based on a video game, which ended up as a critical and commercial failure due to production conflicts. The movie was initially conceived as a dystopic cyberpunk fantasy aimed at teen audiences. However, Disney acquired distribution rights eight weeks before the camera started rolling, demanding significant script rewrites, aiming aiming the film's final cut at children and younger audiences. These conflicts between Disney's demands and the director's creative vision are adamant throughout the movie, giving us plot and identity crisis. Yeah. So that's basically like, I don't think yeah. that that's true. Meaning I think that that's like a theory. I, because the, the Disney script comes in relatively late and it seems like most of it was removed. Right. But I think the fact that Disney owned it and then we're going to be distributing it meant they had final say on what it actually ended up looking at. And they wanted it to be more for kids. But did they get what they wanted? <laughs> I know one got what they wanted. Clearly. Including us, by the way. Just I, I, I gave it a two. What are you going to give it? I gave it a four, but okay. that's just because I don't know how to use 
choose. But like, also to a degree, a four is worse than a two. So maybe it right. should be a two. Like this movie should be terrible. Yeah. And it's mostly just blah. Uh, the acting is terrible. Um, there, there are good actors. Mario's pretty good. Bob Hoskins does a good job. Um, I don't think Hopper does a bad job. He's fine. He he works. John Leguizamo, terrible. Fiona Shaw, who's a great actress, pretty bad. Uh, the actress who plays Daisy, awful. Awful. Like, awful. awful. Um, Iggy and Spike? Iggy and Spike, they're fine. They're funny. But they're the two uh, that really seem to thrive in the atmosphere. Like everything that yeah. I've read about like visits to the set from the LA Times, all that stuff, they're just like – there are two actors who are making this work. <laughs> like yeah. Fisher Stevens and that other guy whose name I already don't remember. Yeah. Uh, and they're just like, they're pitching ideas. It was their idea that their characters get super smart. That was never in the script. They were just like, Hey, what if our characters got super smart instead of being de-evolved? Yeah, it was fun. It was funny. They were good. Um... They pitched a rap at one point where they called King Koopa a poopa. Super Scoopa. <laughs> it's obviously not the best video game movie ever made, but I think part of the problem with this movie is also that it is really hard to adapt a video game, right? Like, it's interesting that they landed on this really bare bones idea of like, there's a girl with a magic stone and a king who wants to get her and then these two brothers and they're just like, sure, that'll be the story. Because like, they never change that probably because there's not really a story in Mario and it's kind of hard to figure out what to do with it. On that point, I have to read a, a quote to you um, because you, like you just said, like we were talking about, this movie was nothing like the uh, nothing like the the game, completely removed. Um, but Mario creator Shigeru Miyamoto said, "In the end, it was a very fun project. They put a lot of effort into." The one thing I still have some regrets about is that the movie may have tried to get a little too close to what the Mario Brothers video games were. And in that sense, it became a movie that was about a video game rather than being an entertaining movie in and of itself. And that could not be further from the truth. He's just trying to be nice. <laughs> I mean, he like, made the game. There's no way he thinks that. There's no way he watched that movie and he was like, you know what the issue with this movie is? It's too much like the games I created. No way. No way. You're right. He is trying to be nice. He probably saw this movie. He's like, this is a pile of garbage, just like me and you did, just like everyone else who saw it did. Um, and there, he was like, he had to give a quote, and he didn't want to like belittle their efforts, and so he came up with this lie. Big, not lie. Before we get to our where does this rank in the all-time video games movies, I have, I have two questions. One, if you were making a Mario Brothers movie, what would it be about? The premise of the Mario Brothers game is they have to rescue the princess from Bowser King Koopa's castle, right? So like that's like the object of the game. So I think that is a good thing to build off of. And that's what they do here, right? So I think that's a fine concept. I would have made it <clears throat> just more whimsical. So like the the Yellow Brick Road script, right? So like they're in Brooklyn, they, you know, they're the plumbing brothers, they meet Daisy. I probably would have left out like <laughs> The, the the dinosaur bones um, I would have just like made her some kind of princess um, and then they fall into a world that I think would be a bit more like Technicolor because like that's like the games were bright and fun and I understand that like the dystopic cyberpunk was like of the time period right so like again you look at like pr 
adaptation properties. So like Batman and 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 Super and uh, Ninja Turtles and like they had that feel. So I, I get why they did it, but I think that's like almost like the thing about Mario is like it 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 was bright. Like Batman has like a dark undercurrent to it. The Ninja Turtles, like they live in a sewer. Like those things make sense. Mario is like a bright world, right? He's like running through like, you but know. But is Mario bright because the Nintendo Entertainment System was only capable of so many colors? I, but whatever the reason, like it just, it doesn't have like a gritty undertone to me. It's like a little. Uh, what about the underground levels? Okay. Yeah, yeah that's true. No, so I think they would have gone there and they would have had to like kind of like go through the the levels as it were, which I think so like I would imagine like King Koopa is like uh he So funny you mentioned the levels. There's a version of the script where they have to go through the levels of Bowser's Tower. And it's kind of like a diehard parody, yeah. Uh in that script, there is a moment where they they see Bruce Willis in the vents of the building. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah, as like a deliberate homage to Die Hard. Interesting. So they're trying to like literalize the level concept. Right. I yeah. like that. That's fun too. I I bet there's a bunch of really fun ideas in those scripts that they probably should have kept. But yeah, I would have done that. I would have been like the levels I think would have been like, you know, different areas of this world where like Bowser has like henchmen that like they have to like get past and like different people like Yoshi and Toad and whoever like have to help them along the way. They ultimately rescue her, but just in like a brighter, this is a terrible thing to invoke, but almost like more hook, just like a, a kind of like a, a more fantastical looking idea of a world. That would have been my big uh, change. So, so I, yeah. think, I think my, my problem is I still don't know what the movie's about. Right. So like the Mario brothers meet Daisy on a whim. Yeah. And they, help daisy right there's yeah. like all this stuff like they're they're poor but like that doesn't actually end up mattering in the movie no right and so like what is the the i'm still trying to figure out like okay so they're on a quest to help daisy fight koopa i, I guess that is a spine for a movie it just doesn't feel like anything dramatic the the thing i i i did on and actually one of the writers i forget which one it might have been the first, the, the one who wrote the Drain Man script has this quote about when he was approached, he didn't know a ton about Mario, so he played the game for a day. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, the problem with adapting Mario is that it's so much based around failure. The player is constantly failing. Um, and I don't see that as a problem in adapting the movie. Like, yeah. To me, the central concept of Mario is failure and also being out of place. And like that feeling of being an interloper in another world and how the goalposts keep moving. I, I know that I mentioned this to you previously. Uh, so you're being polite, but I think, I think it is real. Like in the original Mario, every time he gets to a castle and you think you've beaten the game, the mayor or whatever, toad, whatever toads official function is in the world of Mario brothers, he comes yeah. in and he's like, no, 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 I'm sorry. The princess is in another castle. Like you think you've achieved success, but I'm actually moving the yardsticks for you because you're not allowed to succeed here. Right. You're an Italian plumber in the mushroom kingdom. We don't allow Italian plumbers to be successful. Right. So like, 
to me, it's the, the other world element is almost less interesting. Like I'm less interested in seeing the Mario brothers in Brooklyn. I almost think this movie could start with them. They live in another world and they are plumbers. It doesn't matter if they were plumbers in Brooklyn, right? What so if you, they just, they have found themselves in the mushroom kingdom, right? So there's that old Mitch Hedberg joke where he's like, if I ever got lost in the woods, I would just build a house. And he's like, I was lost, but now I live here. Right. Yeah. And it's like, and it's funny when he says it, but like, <laughs> there's a, there's a world in which this movie just opens like the Mario brothers live in mushroom kingdom. And like, it doesn't matter how they got there. They're not from there and that's fine. But they were just like, you know what? We have plumbing skills. This place has a lot of weird pipes. <laughs> Let's just like be plumbers. And then they get pulled into this whole scheme somehow. Right. Like I don't think it matters what they are in Brooklyn. I like that. I think that's fair. Um, I think that's interesting. Very passionate about the Mario brothers. So I was laughing because while you were giving this very impassioned speech, you're holding a tiny wrench. (laughs) You're holding a tiny wrench in like tribute to the Mario brothers. You're so like you're so uh, it means so much to you that you need to hold a plumbing tool just to really uh, inhabit this idea. This is, I'm doing the amount of research that everyone in this movie did. <laughs> I'm holding a toy wrench. Uh, okay, so then my second question. I said I had two questions. Will this movie be more or less interesting than the Chris Pratt Mario movie? Um, not better or worse. That movie will undoubtedly be better than this one. Well, let me ask you this. Did you, were you surprised by the, uh, the Lego movie? Like how, how, yes. yeah. So I, I think there's a possibility that there's an, like some kind of element like that to not just because of the Chris Pratt, but I think because that's kind of like how they have to like rethink properties in some no, ways. That's fair. that's fair. I'll give this movie, I'll give the upcoming Mario movie the credit of it will be more interesting than one of the least interesting movies ever made. <laughs> <laughs> Despite the fact that it's completely insane. It's still so boring. Um, yeah. Okay. And then the last bit here, let's rank this in, or not, we're not going to rank all of the video game movies, but I just want to go through the video game movies and tell me which movie you think is the best. Yeah. Right. Or any of these movies that you think are good. Okay. Yeah. Um, Okay, and whether or not you've seen them, obviously. So the first movie ever, first movie ever, first video game movie ever, Super Mario Brothers. Then we had Double Dragon. Then Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. You're nodding. Mortal Kombat. Yep, exactly. Wing Commander, Lara Croft Tomb Raider with Angelina Jolie. Killing it. Resident Evil, Lara Croft Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life. House of the Dead. I'm going to talk faster. Resident Evil Apocalypse, Alone in the Dark, Doom, Blood Rain, Silent Hill, Dead or Alive, Resident Evil Extinction, Postal, Hitman, In the Name of the King, A Dungeon Siege Tale, Far Cry, Max Payne, Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li, Tekken, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, Resident Evil Afterlife, Resident Evil Retribution, Silent Hill Revelation, Need for Speed, Hitman, Agent 47, Warcraft, Assassin's Creed, Resident Evil The Final Chapter, Tomb Raider, Rampage, Dead Trigger, Detective Pikachu. I'm like doing the part in Miguelot Esther where you have to yeah. say all of Haman's son's name in one breath. Because <laughs> you should hang all of these movies from a tree is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, where was I? Yeah. Detective Pikachu. That's a good movie. That Sonic the Hedgehog, Monster Hunter, Mortal Kombat again. It's not called that. But <laughs> Werewolves Within, Resident Evil, what Welcome Mortal to Raccoon City. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> it's called Mortal Kombat again. 
<laughs> they should be honest about the reboots. They should just call them what they are. <laughs> just be called Mortal Kombat. <laughs> that would be amazing. Uncharted, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. <laughs> so there's only a few in there that are even like fine. Yeah, I mean, from my childhood, it was it was um, Mortal Kombat uh, and Street Fighter. Those are the two that that are memorable to me. Uh, and I really like Detective Pikachu and and Sonic is a big one in my family. Um, so those were the ones that I would say are like the best. I think Detective Pikachu is the best. I haven't seen Sonic the Hedgehog. Something happened right around when it came out, February 14th, 2020. I didn't get to see it in the theater. Weird. There was something. Uh, yeah. Doesn't matter. It was already a couple years ago. I yeah, barely sure. remember what happened for breakfast. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I didn't get to, I've never seen that movie, but Detective Pikachu I loved. Uh, Detective Pikachu I think was really successful because well, it's interesting because I have never played I haven't played the new games. I do think there was like some actually some carryover from like the game that it's based on. It is based on a game called Detective Pikachu. Right, but I'm saying like some of like the, like the world and stuff like that. But they also introduced like a really clever premise with with whatever. I think that what makes it really interesting is it 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 is faithful to the game, but also then comes up with a really clever idea. Kind of like, like this is not an exact analog, but like I just said, like the Lego movie was surprising where you're like, how are they going to adapt Lego movie? And then like, they come up with it. Like it's clearly about Lego, but then there's an interesting twist. So like the Pikachu is the same thing. What's interesting about the Lego movie, and maybe that comes back to the Mario conversation is like the Lego movie adapts the core concept of playing with Legos. It does it in Lego as well, but like, that movie is about whether you should follow instructions or build what you want to build. Right. Right. And like in that way, like should a Mario brothers movie be about like the way in which you engage with the game of Mario. Right. That probably, right. And I think that's, and again, I think also like with detective Pikachu, it's like, we're going to take all of these characters are going to look exactly how they look in the game. It's going to be set in, in a, in the world of the game, but then we're going to create a really clever framework. And I think like that, I think my theory is that the most successful adaptations are the ones that are recognizably about the thing and then put their own twist on it, which is why I think Mario Brothers failed as a concept because it's not recognizable. You're saying it's too close to the game. Yeah, exactly. They did not, nothing clever. It was exactly like the game. They were just like, this is so obvious. I could have just played Mario if I wanted an exact rehash of Mario. Yeah. What about, I mean, you, I, I feel like you've probably seen more video game adaptations than I have. Do you have any uh, favorites that I haven't mentioned in there? So I haven't watched the Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider movies since they came out, but I remember standing up for them at the time. Um, oh, <laughs> like defending them. Yeah. Like when you watched it standing up. <laughs> I was very religious. I was like, I have to stand for this entire performance. Uh, yeah, I gave it a standing ovation. Uh, and that, I like the Alicia Vikander Tomb Raider movie. Oh, yeah. I like the Alicia Vikander Tomb Raider also. That was, it was fun. I recently rewatched uh, the Assassin's Creed movie, which is interesting. Like that movie is bonkers. Uh, and kind of interesting that, as a result. That, um, uh, yeah. Yeah. That movie's bonkers. And like, that's kind of fun. 
Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any of these other movies that I liked. No, I didn't like any of these other movies. Did you like Prince of Persia? I didn't see Prince of Persia. With Jake Gyllenhaal? I'm not. Th- I mean, I'm a Jake Gyllenhaal fan, but not that big of a Jake Gyllenhaal. Well, well here's an interesting connection, right? Because in the first half, I talked about how Fisher Stevens uh, portrayed an Indian uh, person in uh, Short Circuit. And now, in, in hindsight, that has aged very badly. Jake Gyllenhaal uh, portrayed a Persian person in 2010. Um, well, you don't know that. He could have been a foreign prince. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that also, I think in hindsight, that was around the time of like, where like Scarlett Johansson, like Ghost in the Shell, there was like a lot of, of that. Well, she was actually the first person, she threw her hat in the ring to be the Prince of Persia as well. Yeah. Should we do like a roundup of little things before we get to the what's next? Yeah. I like the rocket boots. They're not deployed super well in the movie, but as a clever bit of adaptation, Mario's all about jumping. Yeah. Rocket boots are fun. Uh, the Bobombs looked amazing. Yeah. The bomb was, really was great. Weird. Love the bomb bit. Uh, the only specific reference to the, like meaning the, there was like a, there's a version of mushrooms that is completely different than the game. Um, the rocket boots obviously totally different than the game. The bomb exactly the same. So another thing that's the same as, and this is a really minor one, but um, when they, remember when they're wearing the rocket boots, they have to put the cartridges in so that they can jump. Yeah. The cartridges are bullet bills. The bullets uh, are enemies in the game. Yeah. Um, uh, da, da, da. There is a line in the movie when they go when they're getting arrested, where he says, "I'm Mario, Mario," and he says, "I'm Luigi, Mario," and the guy's like, "How many Marios are there between you?" Which is kind of a funny reference to the games, because like at the time when you would play the games, if you were walk up to someone who's in the middle of playing and they were you wanted to know how far they were, you'd be like, "How many Marios do you have left?" Because the the lives were represented by Marios, so like oh. putting that question in the game kind of funny that's good i like that um oh the music is awful in this movie (laughs) every time the mario brothers on screen it sounds like a circus (laughs) like alan silvestri i know you can do good themes also the mario brothers games have good music so i just use that like this circus nonsense no good the movie open like the the uh like production title card opens with uh the Mario theme, and then it dissolves, and then you never hear it again. Correct. Huge waste. Um, Yoshi is in the movie. Yoshi looks awesome in the movie. Very adorable. Not really important that he's there. Well, yes, it is. He uh, he like um, he tell he tells Daisy how to how to use like the intercom <laughs> after after he's been sure. Um, oh yes at one point in this movie we have to talk about this it would be awful if we ended this episode without talking about it bowser or koopa lives in the ruins of the world trade center yeah twin towers when he starts to merge the dimensions the ruined twin towers replace the actual twin towers and there is a shot of the new york city skyline with destroyed twin towers which is kind of tough Pretty rough. That actually might explain why that movie is not available in the U.S. <laughs> uh, here's here's a funny thing. The movie sort of predicts Mario games. So Mario saves all of the women that bows. There's a funny there's a funny running bit where Iggy and Spike keep going to abduct women, and they just can't tell any human women apart, and so they just keep abducting the wrong people, and so yeah. there's like all these women that are stored, and Mario is saving them. Um, and 
they slide down an ice tunnel on a mattress. That was awesome. That was the best part of the movie. So the guitar, the guitar in that is awful. Like just, just like a wailing guitar solo. That's awful. Um, but that, as far as I know, there were no Mario levels to that point that had a huge ice slide. And then Mario 64 has a bunch of ice sliding levels. So it's like an actually an interesting area where the Mario movie influenced future we- games potentially. Okay. Uh, and then there's this, just this big question, which is like, Everyone that we meet in Dino Hatton, which seems to be the only place that exists, hates Koopa and openly hates Koopa. And he is clearly running for election. How did he get elected if everyone hates him? Is there like a middle Dino America that loves Koopa and thinks he's doing a great job that we're just not seeing? So obviously, like this movie lacks a ton of logic. I read it as like, um, if you think of like, any kind of like dictatorship there's still like posters of the dictator everywhere and like like propaganda like i thought it was just like propaganda like pretending it's a democracy but really like if you don't vote for him the tiny headed dinosaurs will kill you um yeah also the tiny headed dinosaurs like uh the goombas there were like three of them until suddenly like he was going to invade the real world and suddenly there were like thousands of them like again they all danced I remembered the dancing thing. You, oh yeah, sorry. I had to. Yes, that was that was spot on. Again, completely illogical. Like what was I couldn't even figure out. Like they were scared that they would just see them in the in the elevator, and so like to distract them, they started getting them to dance instead. Right, and then they climbed out the ceiling. Why not just climb out the ceiling instead of making them all dance? Yeah, is a good question. Um, and then that's it's sort of like your plot thread thing, where it's like, well, now they all just dance all the time. Yeah, yeah, not a great movie. No, uh, uh, the worst kind of movie. Boring, uninteresting, not the disaster we hoped, nor the masterpiece you hoped. Um, Unremarkable in every way, considering how strange and weird it is. An utter failure. Hated this movie. Never want to talk about it again. Too late. Okay, so what movie are we talking about next? Checks no Super Mario Brothers again? (laughs) (laughs) So. Manhattan. Um, I yeah. The next movie uh, I want to talk about is Speed, starring Dennis Hopper, who plays the villain in that one as well. So he's on a bit of a roll. This is ninety three to ninety four. So he's really getting in his uh, villain groove. Uh, and so I'm excited to watch that one. I loved it as a kid. Uh, we'll talk more about it in the next episode. Mario, you suck. Uh, thanks for wasting my life. Your princess uh, is in another castle. Womp womp.